On today's episode of JMO with Josh and Joe, college football is awesome. Oh, yeah. Great fucking week of college football. We had some rivalries that uh, went down. We had some, basically the biggest dumbass plays of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's what we would call the 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 play that we're talking about. Second um, coming of Les Miles. Second coming of Les Miles. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, just great games all up and down the board. Some upsets. Some under-the-radar undefeated teams that uh, people should probably be looking at. Probably be looking at. They're here now. They are here. Then we get into some NFL talk. Um, talk a little bit about the Saints. Saints uh, stomp the Patriots. No big deal. Um, go and dive into that game as well as a few of the other games. Go into the London game. Um, talk about the Cowboys getting stomped. Yep, that was a great sight to see. Yeah, it was nice. It's always nice when there's Cowboys. It, and the the it, the fans take it hard, so hard. They don't. They they hate it. It's mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, we get then we uh we wrap up with a little MLB talk. Playoffs are under full swing, and we show you how little we know about the the MLB. And we uh, we kick off the NHL season right. Kick it off right. All right. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to JMO and Josh and Joe. It is Tuesday, August 10th. And Joe, college football is awesome. Oh, it's it's that time. It it's is, at that time. Yeah. It's the meat of college football right now. College football, the midseason's heating up. I think we threw they've thrown a couple of games midseason that should be that used to be at the end, like the Red River rivalry. They got it in the meat of in the the meat of the fucking schedule, and it's kind of awesome. I low key kind of love it. Um, I want to get started. We um we got a lot to get to with the playoffs getting underway, NHL season getting started today. Uh, great, some some really good NFL games and some really bad NFL games. Uh, but let's start off with LSU of Missouri. I think our, our defense is going is literally robbing Jaden Daniels of a Heisman. Yes, I agree. Robbing them because if you look at the stats, like if you combine the rushing stats and, and the passing stats, Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback. Like he, I I think maybe Michael Penix Jr. might be. Maybe a little bit of a better passer. Bad passer, but I mean, if you, when you combine the the you know the rushing yards, the rushing touchdowns, and everything, I don't. Jaden Daniels is like the the new Tim Tebow here. Like, well, yeah, you got to play. It's one of those like you like you kind of alluded with uh, Tim Tebow. You've got to play the rushing yards into the into the um the stats. Right. Oh yeah. If you didn't play the rushing yards in the stats, Tim Tebow wouldn't have won the Heisman twice. Yeah. So I I like I like Penix Jr. Washington's a great team. They did have a bye this week, which, I mean, I, I guess he still has the best odds. But, I mean, like, again, Jane Daniels is getting robbed by his own fucking team. This It sucks, man. Yeah. I, I, it really sucks because uh, he, he's so much fun to watch. He's so electric. And he deserves the Heisman. At, at, at midseason, he deserves the Heisman. It's just uh, the only problem is the Heisman gets given to the best player on the best team. Yep. On one of the best teams. Yeah, and I swear, if LSU does this one another time with another nail biter, I'm suing LSU. I'm right. suing LSU for you know health issues. Yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into some sort of cardiac like or have, gotta, have some heart attack. We're gonna go on the IR. Yes, we're, we're gonna go the, on the, the IR. The fan IR. And yes. they they yes they they should. They they should pay for our, our hospital bills. We should have compensation. There's probably going to be a commercial next year. It would be like, did you uh, go through the brutal you know ups and downs of the LSU season that was 2023? Then you are entitled to compensation. Yes, absolutely. Actually, we I'll just hire a bunch of lawyers. I'll get it. Um, I know they did have the pick six to seal the game. It was nice. It was like finally, finally you did something. I know. But we shouldn't have 42 points on the board and be fearing at the end of a game. Like, yeah. Our offense should be able to put up 42 and us be comfortable the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Like, yes. the, the, the defense, I'm like, thank you for the pick six at the end of the game, but still, fucking be better, man. This yeah. is, uh, it's, it's wild. Um, I love Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs, great running back. I Fantastic. love, Fantastic. I Quiet, quiet member on this offense right here, but a vital part of it. I love Malik Neighbors more. 
Oh, of I, course. I like I get I love him more and more every single fucking every single game. Mm-hmm. He's he's easily one of the best receivers in college. I, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably I'd say probably the best. Probably more. He probably has a little bit more physical, like kind of NFL prototype uh, traits. But I'd say like if the draft was right now, Malik Neighbors would be a top three wide receiver picked. Oh, definitely. Top three wide receiver. I think he might even be a number one if he finishes out the year like he is. Oh. I just want to – it would be nice if Brian Kelly let Caleb Jackson run the ball a little bit. Like, you know, just give him like a couple of of run – a couple of rushes a game. I, I don't. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in the last three weeks. Or yeah, it's been three weeks since I've, since I've seen him. Yeah, he he uh, truck sticked that one guy, and yeah. that was about it. And then we haven't seen him. Like, I, I mean, he's do, he does do the kickoff returns, but I mean, you know, you don't really get too much out of that sometimes, and especially running backs. I I've, I haven't found running backs to be the best kickoff returners. I favor more wide receivers or cornerbacks. Speed, 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 and like. Because like running backs have that one one cut shift, but like wide receivers, you can get uh, quite a few crossovers out of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, now I'm not gonna lie, Leonard Fournette, he 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 would have been a, a phenomenal person to watch. I think he did a couple of punt returns. Um, no, I think it was more kickoff. Was returns. it kickoff returns? Yeah. yeah. See, those those are few and far in between, though. Um, all right, so for Missouri, I think. Eli Drinkwitz is is a, I think he's a better coach than people are give, give him credit for. Oh yeah, and I know I'm only saying that because he's his offense put up what 39 points on us. Um, I just yeah they, they came ready to play. They did come ready to play, and they they beat Kansas State earlier in the season. Kansas State was what 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so I I like I kind of like Eli Eli Drinkwitz. A, he's he's got a Missouri team that is is. It's tough because they're always going to be the lower end of the SEC football. Um, I wouldn't put them down there with the Vanderbilts, but like I, f- I feel like they could be like a Kentucky, like to just go up and down in the middle of the SEC. Yeah, just it, when when the players come together for that one year and they do really well, and then they're going to have to they'll have to have a couple of years rebuilding after that. It's, that's the type of program that mm-hmm. Missouri's going to be. But yeah, no, he's got them playing well. I think I think Eli came out of uh, Appalachian State. Oh, oh, he's he's so I, he kind of I think he's used to being like that little underdog type of guy, like the little guy. Get one big upset a year, exactly. Nice, but yeah, no, he's got him. He's got him playing some good ball, and they're in the right direction right now. So yep. props to them. But I hate these Big Twelve shootouts, dude. I know it's it's really it's it like I know we said it last week, and it's like beating a dead horse. Like the are we watching the Big Twelve again? Are we watching the Big Twelve? It looks like it. Yeah. You got anything else on the LSU game? Uh, that's about it. It was a nice little bounce back win, although it, I, I needed the defense. I need the de- I I need something from the defense. Like put Malik Neighbors in in the secondary. Do something because yeah. we need something to happen on the defense. I don't know what exactly. Something. Um. Yeah. LSU beats Missouri. Let's get to Ohio State versus Maryland. Only reason I'm uh bringing this up is the final score is. A different story than what the game was like. This was a nail biter until the fourth quarter. Oh, it was 17-17 third quarter. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the third quarter it was seventeen twenty going into the fourth. Ohio State, but like, it, like if you watch both all the all three quarters, it is back and forth, back and forth. Maryland, Ohio State, Maryland, Ohio State. Like Mike Loxley had them playing some ball. Mm-hmm. It was just like they ran out of talent. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. They just ran out of talent because uh, you know. Like we always said, the the better team comes out in the second half. It just took the Ohio State like the fourth quarter to come out. Um, but yeah, it was that was a close game. That was it was fun. Uh, it was I was in uh, I was in Ohio during this game, and I it was fun to watch the uh, watch the Ohio State fans uh, <laughs> squirm a little bit. Squirm a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, they can't be they can't be completely satisfied with this team. I mean, they basically. I, I get going into South Bend's not an easy task and getting a win, but at the same time, I, they just haven't looked the best. No, they like you kind of expect them to just blow out teams. I think the the Indiana game that was twenty three three. Yeah, Notre Dame was kind of close. Maryland kind of close. <laughs> it was last last yeah. play of the game. Yeah. Um, um, 
The but no Notre Dame they get up for Ohio State. That's that's like one of their. It's like them and USC. They'll get up for. Yeah, but not not the Louisvilles. No, as no. we'll talk about. We'll, we'll get to that. No, not Louisville. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what it is about Ohio State. Um, I I know what's his face McCord had uh, a couple of iffy games. Mm-hmm. Um, there for a little bit, but it seems like he's gotten his groove with uh with <clears throat> Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. I just well, Ohio State. They they're probably going to be really good, and they'll probably figure something out. I don't know. Ryan Day's Ryan Day's a good coach when Lou Holtz isn't talking shit to him. But you know, they got talent. They always have talent. Yep, but they still got to get past Michigan. Yep, yep. Which has been a trouble late, uh, a struggle lately for mm-hmm. them. Uh, last thing I have is I I keep forgetting that Maryland has Tua's brother, mm-hmm. Tulila, Tulilia, Tulilia, yeah. Yeah, definitely not near as good as Tua, but um, yeah, still I just, throws up some yards. Yeah, got to give him, got to give him props. He throws up some. He didn't throw up very much against Ohio State, but it was Ohio State. So, you got anything else in this? That's it for that game. All right, Oklahoma versus Texas Red River Shootout. Red, yeah, Red River Shootout. Um, this did not disappoint at all. Nope, not even. A little bit. Congrats to Brent Venables and uh, Oklahoma. You, um, it was good. You got it done. You got it done. It was a rocky start for both teams. Honestly, it was a, uh, it was ugly at first. But they, once they, after the first quarter, I think it was, they got in a groove and it, it, it became you know Big Twelve football. Um, but yeah, this is a huge one because they people had right had Texas going to the all the way. Oh yeah, people were like, this is. Oklahoma's a big underdog. Um, they had Baker Mayfield there. Baker Mayfield, yep, showed Baker. out. gave him gave him a little pep talk. Uh huh. That bring, that game always brings out some pretty uh, pretty big star power. They got Matthew some, McConaughey. Yeah, I'm talking like actors and 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 former uh, former football players. But yeah, uh, a lot of bend don't break for the Sooners. Which hey, it do, it got the job done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was just it was a lot of back and forth. But the I the Oklahoma, it seemed like the Oklahoma Sooners didn't really give up. I don't I don't know if they gave up any jump, like huge plays. No, was, and then they they I mean they had quite a bit of some um, some plays on this one. The red zone the red zone defense for Oklahoma was on fire. Mm-hmm. Red zone defense was on fire. They even stopped them in the fourth uh, or on fourth down. Stopped them on downs in the third quarter, which was huge. Yeah, big luck. time. Then don't break. Yep, then don't break. Um, Texas, Texas had a uh, what was it? Texas had a block punt for a touchdown That's, at the very beginning, the kind of closer to the beginning of the game. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a good play. Oh, it, I, I, you know what? I didn't see it. I read about it. I read about it. That was part of the rocky start. Yeah, because well, beforehand. Texas had was driving it down through an interception, another one of the red zone defense type of plays yep. for Oklahoma, but wasn't able to do much with the ball. Had to kick it from their own two, three yard line or something like that, and that's put them in a good position to get a, a block punt. Yeah, crazy. Uh, any game that you have like finishes off with like a hail mary or last minute drive is always a great game. Always awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you, <clears throat> I know you and I were talking about this earlier off air, but uh, Dylan Gabriel. Is a big Heisman guy. Everybody's looking at him, big Heisman guy. Um, he did have 113 yards and a touchdown rushing. Yeah, which yep. is nice. Um, Quentin Ewers, he actually had a decent game. If you look at like completion and uh, completion percentage and yards, he was 31 of 37 for 346 yards, one touchdown. The only problem is he got sacked five times and he threw two interceptions. Yeah, defense was full, uh, swarming all over the field. But, yeah, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, like you said, basically best player from the best team, and Oklahoma's quietly 6-0, and which I understand why quietly, because they haven't really played much in, of anybody until this game. That's true, because they were number 12 while being 5-0. and Yes. Um, and, yeah, of course, they had sent Iowa State, Cincinnati, Tulsa, SMU, Arkansas State. So, yes, they, they – <laughs> it was a quiet six and zero, but quiet for uh, quiet five and zero, but for good reason. Now they're on the map. Now they're on the map. Now, now they're really on the map. They're going into a bye week, and then they play Gus Malzahn and UC, UCF. Ooh, yeah. give me that one. I, you do the, the UCF uh, spread. Gus Bus. Gus Bus. 
UCF has him. He got himself. He's got himself uh, John Rice uh, Pumley. I think he's still healthy. He's uh, oh, he's going into a week seven bye too, but he's on a three game losing streak. So Ooh. yeah, um, I guess he didn't really play anybody at the first three games either. Villanova, Boise State, Kent State. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I might, I might just, I might throw a little money on uh, on the spread. I'm not gonna go UCF money line, but I might throw whatever the spread is. A little something, something. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit. You got anything else on the Red River Red River shootout? Uh, that's about it. Big 12 runs through Oklahoma. They control, obviously, control their own destiny now. So, it's going to be ran through them. Um, let's see. Washington State versus UCLA. Uh, pretty much all I'm saying is uh, attaboy, Chip. Big win for Chip Kelly. Attaboy, and- Chip. And he lo- he learned a little defense went from the NFL. That's I guess actually so. That was the big big takeaway on this one because Washington State had a potent potent offensive uh, passing attack. Mm-hmm. And dude, honestly, I was looking at their schedule. Like, if if UCLA wins out, they could easily get into the play and win the Pac-12. They can easily get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they their only loss was to number ten at the time, Utah. That yep. was um, and they uh, I don't know. I just never I anytime Chip Kelly's coaching a college team, I just can't it's 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 hard to put it past them. I, yeah. I just I it's also a little tough. Their quarterbacks I mean, he's an electric player, Dante Moore, but he is a true freshman. Um and that's I, I don't know. I would be hesitant to put my money on somebody running the table with that. But true. hey, Chip Kelly's you know, like I said, he's got himself a defense right now, which is uncharacteristic of Chip Kelly teams, but mm-hmm. You know, hey, let's go. Let's um, see what happens. Let's see. Cameron Ward had an off game. I mean, well, like by his standards, he's he had uh, he was nineteen of thirty nine, one hundred ninety seven yards of touchdown, but he had two interceptions. Um, he's just been playing lights out. So this was like just an off game for him. Yep. Which, again, good cred- defenses can do that. Credit Chip Kelly defense. Um, let's see. You got anything else on this one? That's it. All right, Alabama versus A and M. Uh, I have a quote. From Nick Saban. Mm. You ready? Mm-hmm. It goes, and quote, This may be the record game for me. In terms of messing up and still winning. End quote. Ooh. Self-critical. Fighting, fighting words. No, no, no. Those are fighting words. Those that, are fighting words? That's just like him saying, Jimbo, I did everything to give you the game, and I still beat you. And I still beat you. Yes. He said he fucked up so many times and still won, that it was a record number of fuck-ups in a W. Jimbo could not convert. He, I think those are fighting words. Mm. He's like, man, I've had, I had both my hands and my feet tied, and I still beat you. Dude, Milrow got sacked six times. They had 14 penalties, nine of which, nine of which were false starts by the offensive line. Good gosh. This is a, this is incredible. It's like, I, I, I don't know if I, I can't believe I'm actually watching a Nick Saban coach team. Mm-hmm. Like he his his strong suit was the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a bad loss for for Texas A and M because I mean, like you said, then basically everything that you just stated proves that this isn't a typical Alabama team Mm-mm. this year. This is this is a very susceptible Alabama team this year, and like if people don't pounce and take advantage of it this year, then. I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. And and like people, coaches that have been here for a while, <clears throat> Jimbo, like, you yeah. think you think Jim, uh, you think Nick Saban just owns all the real estate in Jimbo's head. Definitely. You think he just like he he basically just kind of Pope Pinocchio's him like just he's got him on strings and he just dances, makes him dance forms. Yeah, because the barriers already been broken down. People, uh, uh, former assistants have beaten Nick Saban before now. Right, Kirby Smart. He uh, he broke that barrier. Jimbo Fisher's done it too before, right? Uh, but yeah, so there's no excuse. So now now Nick Saban's playing the head game. Yeah, and I think I think Nick Saban just owns everything in 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 Jimbo Fisher's head. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. He he set his sights from LSU now to Texas A and M ever since they had that off season dispute. Mm-hmm. And when Nick Saban has like your number. Like he will go and do anything and everything to go after you. Yes. Yeah. I I I wouldn't be surprised if in future years he actually takes his bye before the Texas A and M game rather than the LSU game. Why Why do you think he beat LSU so many times in a row? Yeah. Like that that was his his national championship some some years. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like that was the that was a 
better game. Hell, we played in, I think in 2011, we played, it was with when we had Jefferson, we played them and lost to them in the in the regular season, and we played them in the national championship game. No, we beat them in the regular season 9-6, to six, beat them, and then and lost then to them in the, the, national, in the championship. national championship. That's, okay, yeah. So we've played them twice before in one season yep that is his that is his national championship Mm -hmm. um but yeah this is a bad loss for jimbo way to squeak one out nick saban i i have to wonder i have to wonder if the boosters at texas a&m are starting to think that that 90 million dollars isn't that much anymore <laughs> inflation man it doesn't look like it that much maybe anymore. it's not as worth as much or i think it might be 72 million it was 90 the year before whatever insane lots amount of, of money. money lots sound of money. insane amount of money because look at this jimbo fisher compared to kevin sumlin so jimbo fisher first five years this one's still counting right now. He's 39 and 21. And Kevin Sumlin was at when he got fired his fifth year, after his fifth year, going seven and four, was 44 and 21. Kevin Sumlin wasn't a bad coach. No, he, he was. just wasn't going to be the guy to get him over over the hump. And plus, I think I think people tried to associate his success with Johnny Football, but yeah. um I mean, that's a whole another debate for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jimbo Fisher not 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 doing so hot. Nope. He can't really blame it on anything because he's got talent and he's had to, he's had time to recruit. So like these are his, all his guys. The only thing he could be his saving grace is he can be like I didn't have my starting quarterback. True. And if he went, well, he's not going to win out. So never mind. <laughs> he's not going to win out. You got anything else in on this one? Uh that's about it. Okay. Georgia versus Kentucky. Um, Georgia's finding their groove. They're fi- they're, they're they figured it out. Carson Beck, there, there's no titties in Georgia Stadium. No, they they covered up. They covered up. They yeah. they do not show titties in, in at Georgia Stadium anymore. Um, Carson Beck was was focused. He was playing out of his mind. He, uh, I mean, he found his best friend. Brock Bowers is. Uh, I would make best friends with Brock Bowers too if I yeah, was a quarterback. Yeah, me too. Yep, yep. I, I I guarantee you in the next level, the next quarterback's going to do the same thing. He's just a friendly guy. Yeah. You know, he just he really is a welcoming soul. Yep, yep. Um yeah, Carson Beck was twenty eight of thirty five, three hundred and eighty nine yards, four touchdowns. Now he he did have one interception, but he was sacked zero times, which is nice because that means that they have a decent offensive line. The def- the offensive line is has has gelled together. Um but yeah, Brock Bowers had seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. They had three different, four different, five different receivers. I'm sorry, five different receivers with uh, at least one touchdown. Um, and uh, Kendall Milton had one, had a rushing touchdown. So yeah, Georgia's finding their groove. Um, Kentucky, Kentucky couldn't get anything going on offense. This one's like you can't really like. Hang your head too far if you're Kentucky on this one. Georgia's the best team in the nation, and they showed it against you. You were just you happen to be the team that they that they like. I said they found their groove on. Yeah, all the pundits and critics have been you know kind of bashing Georgia, so they it wasn't really against uh, personally taken against Kentucky. It was basically you know for everybody else. It was a culmination of everything outside of the game. Kentucky just happened to be the victim. Yep. Um, so yeah, Georgia's uh, Georgia's on a roll. I don't. Um, anyone who has to play them should not take them. Well, obviously, they're not going to take them lightly, but like they should be scared. Yep. Uh, let's see, Ole Miss versus Arkansas. I'm not gonna lie, man. I just find myself rooting against Ole Miss all the time now. Yep. Anytime. Yep. Which is not good because I have the worst luck ever. So Ole Miss opponents are gonna hate me for it. But. Um, yeah. So this must have been very frustrating when they came back from 10 points in the fourth quarter. Yes. To win this one. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, this was not fun. Dude, I think Arkansas beat themselves more than anything. They had penalties, turnovers. Um, they didn't look great offensively. I mean, K.J. Jefferson can't do everything. Yeah. Like You start feeling bad for Arkansas now. Like, this is a part where you're just like kind of like, oh, man. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It was like... They, I think they're asking too much of KJ. I really do, and mm-hmm. I don't think their offensive line's good enough to be to ask that much. Um, let's see. They, I mean, outside of KJ Jefferson, they had 
a total of 12 rushes. Like, K.J. Jefferson has 17, but their running backs had... Sanders had eight, and DeBinion had four. Yeah. Like, you got to get some type of ground game going. Especially, again, like, you should know. You have the tape. K.J. Jefferson is not that great. Like, he's not going to take you to the promised land by himself. He needs help. But, yeah, fuck Ole Miss. Jackson Dart looked like shit. He sucked. Um, I don't know. They just, I th- like, I think Arkansas basically shot themselves in the foot on this one. I didn't. Yeah, no, you can say that, but um, yeah, Ole Miss is not that great either. But. No, they they're they're the worst five and one team out there. Yeah, they just got up against LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else on this one? Nah, that's about it. All right, Notre Dame versus Louisville. Who? Notre Dame overrated? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> either no that or fucking way. Either that or they were looking ahead to USC big time. This was a trap game. Big time trap game. Big time trap game. Um. Yeah, they got up versus Ohio State. I don't think they're that good. I think if they play that game nine times or ten times, Ohio State crushes them nine times out of ten. Louisville? No, um, Notre Dame. Oh. I think Notre Dame just got up for that game last week. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's it's a pretty exhausting stretch. And like you said, I mean, it's the perfect, perfect trap game. Yep. You know, um, you got, you know, Ohio State one week, and then you got – USC two weeks later, middle game, that should have been a buy. Yeah. That should have been a buy that on their schedule. That's that's Notre Dame scheduling fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, the athletic director, yeah, definitely bad, bad, bad yeah. scheduling there. Yep. Um, One thing, did they kind of expose uh, Notre Dame a little bit? Because I think, oh, if I'm not mistaken, Ohio State tried to throw the ball a lot against them. Maybe the key is running the ball. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, Jahar Johnson, uh, Jordan would have to say something, quite well, an argument for that. And here's the thing. Like, he had 143 yards and two touchdowns, but Duke also rushed well against them la- the week before. Um, not the week before. The week before Ohio State. Duke rushed well against them. And Ohio State didn't do too bad, but I think they, they, they tried to rush or they tried to pass more. But I think they might have just they might have exposed uh, Notre Dame's weakness. That's what I think. Um, I think Hartman's out of the Heisman race. Yeah, that that hurts a lot. That hurts a tremendous amount because Hartman he wasn't throwing up like up, absurd stats like Penix was or is right now, and mm-hmm. or like Cameron Ward. But like you've got to be able if you're that it's the it's the Heisman policy. It's Basically, you have to be the best player from the best team, and that's what he was for a while. But, um, yeah, and then just losing two games, too, also really, really hurts. Yeah, anytime you have two in the in the loss column of the record, it's it's going to be tough to win a Heisman. Like, I, you can definitely easily win a Heisman with one with one loss. Two losses is a stretch. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I um, Notre Dame, overrated. There, I said it. I think they lose bet. I think they lose big to USC. In correction, Duke was between Ohio State and Louisville. I right. forgot about okay. that. I thought it was last but week. But that was an intense Duke game. I will say that. So um, they but had Duke to survive rushed, that. Duke rushed well for against them. They they had like a total of let's see. Oh, I don't. That's a lot of adding. Um, <laughs> their their lead rusher Leonard only had eighty eight, but Moore had fifty one and Waters had fi- had forty five. So like, I don't know. I think they rushed well against them. A lot of QB rushes, but yeah, it might be a little stretch. But I think Notre Dame just might be bad against the run. Let's like, give let's give uh, Louisville some credit. Uh, Jeff Brom has come into Louisville and has made this team quite a quite a feisty team now. They uh, so he they're frisky. Yeah, frisky for pe- sure. People would say, they- but he did the same thing when at, at Purdue. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember like the last few couple of years with per- him at Purdue, and he made them a pretty formidable formidable team. And then he bounced over back to his um you know former alum, um at Louisville and not former alum but alumni at um at Louisville, and he's got him playing the first year some ball, dude. The, you want to know another quietly undefeated team? 
Louisville. Six and oh. Six and oh. Louisville six and oh. They're another quiet, undefeated team. Mm-hmm. They have Pittsburgh next week and then a bye the week after that. I think they made some noise this week though. There was some there was some <laughs> undefeated teams that made noise this week. And, yeah. And Louisville was one of them. They, um they got to week six and they were just like, Hey, look, we're tired of you just not looking at us. Like right. hey, like look at me. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, they got Pittsburgh, then Obi then uh Duke. So the Duke will be a fun challenge. Um, we'll see how they that we'll say we'll see how they do against Pittsburgh. I hope they don't like get so high that they lose to Pittsburgh. They got a little bit of an inside track into the ACC championship. I mean, they don't have to play. They don't have to play North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They don't have to play Florida State. They, they do have pl- to play Miami later on, but <laughs> but Mario Cristobal might fuck that one up too. <laughs> right, <laughs> can't wait to get to that one. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then they got Kentucky at the end of the um, end of the year. It's a pretty pretty they nice might. schedule. Yeah. Well, um, do you got anything else? That's about it's it. A pretty good segue into the Georgia Tech Miami game. Good gosh! <laughs> what the fuck, Mario Cristobal? What are you doing? This is the worst time management coach that I've seen since Les Miles. <laughs> Correct. And that's bad. Dude, that man ate grass. This this might be one of the worst calls of all time. No. Like, yes. You go and it's victory formation. Formation. They literally have victory. The word in the form the name. It's called victory formation. What are you doing? Not only running the ball, but running it out of the shotgun. Running it out of the shotgun. Where like I think it's the worst. It's one of the worst rushes. The only good thing about it is if you're like have like a maybe a you know a third and long or a second and long or any down and long, then you run you run the ball in the shotgun. Not when you need to run out 26 seconds or whatever it was at the end of the fucking game. So what happened is they Miami was uh, they were driving. They, it was like two minute two two and a half minutes left in the game. They just kept picking up chunks of yards, chunks of yards, chunks of yards. Georgia Tech had no timeouts left. They had no timeouts left, and it was like what 30 something seconds left. Um, I think it was a little bit more time than that, but they no, had, well, no, no, they could, they could kneel they could, the ball. They could have kneeled the ball. Yes, all, like there was thirty something. I think they could have kneeled the ball a couple of downs, like right. in a row. Yeah, so they, all they needed to do is kneel the ball, and they would have won the game. Instead, they hand the ball off in shotgun. The running back, very close, but the running back fumbled the ball. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights from that game. I think that like. I don't know if he fumbled the ball or not. Like they it obviously, was a, it was a little bit close, but it was very close. But they and they obviously ca- called it, I guess, because they need they called it a fumble on the field and they needed uh, concrete evidence to overturn it. They didn't see it, and Georgia Tech on one of the wildest finishes, wild, ends wild. up, dude. He was the Miami, the, the guy was wide open. Yeah, like he, you knew they they, they had to get a. I mean, they didn't have to get a touchdown. They could have. They were they were play. They could have been playing for a field goal position, but you can't let them get behind you wide open like that. That I mean, that was that that position of the game. It was like you have as a DB and a safety, you have to have everything in front of you, mm-hmm. and just the fact that he got behind the defense was just mind boggling. Wild. Yeah. And look, I don't I don't blame Miami fans for throwing shit on the field, but. Don't throw them at the Georgia Tech players. Don't be mad at them. Yeah. Throw, throw all your shit at Mario Cristobal. That's, yeah, it should have been straight at him. That's who you should be mad at. Mm-hmm. God, man. Does he? Does Mario Cristobal ever come back from this? Uh, well, you know what's the, pro- so the the surprising part about this is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give props to whoever pulled this one up. He's did the same thing at Oregon. Oh really? He did the same thing at Oregon versus Oregon versus Auburn. I don't know if you remember that at the start oh, that, of the season. That was a, the Bo Nix. Bo Nix played against uh, Justin uh, Herbert. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think it was about like it maybe was four a, or five years ago. Yeah, and that was a, oh, that was the first game of the season. That was that was super hyped up. He did super. the exact same thing. If you go back and look at the highlights, he did the exact same thing. They fumble the ball and they end up losing that game. I want to know who who dug and went and got. That I, I was about to say, like I said, somebody that was that that wasn't you. No, it wasn't me. Uh, it would have been that would have been crazy if I had pulled that one out. But I, yeah, I did not. If you pulled that one out of your ass. Then, <laughs> dude, you need to go get a job at ESPN, right? I'd just be a college football encyclopedia at that point. But right. uh, yeah, no, that was somebody pulled that out, and sure enough, it, replay for replay, same thing that happened. 
Mario Cristobal was he the he was the offensive coordinator? No, he was the head coach of Oregon at Oregon. I forgot about that. Was yeah. that after Chip Kelly? Uh, it was sometime after Chip Kelly. There was, was I think there was what, another coach was before, after uh, Chip Kelly. I can't remember exactly. Okay. No worry, it doesn't matter. Um, what does matter is the fact that Mario Cristobal doesn't learn from his mistakes. So this might do well. I guess I don't know. He got another head coaching job after it. So yeah, because he actually he left he left Oregon kind of prematurely. It wasn't on you know Oregon firing him. It was basically he wanted to go back to his alma mater. Um, right, Oregon. So, or oh, no, Miami. Miami. Yeah, um, Willie Taggart. Willie Do you remember Taggart. there was Mark Helfrich, Willie Taggart, and then Mario, Mario Cristobal, Cristobal really kind of came in and did some stuff. Was Willie Taggart like an interim? No, I can't Willie, remember them. No, Willie Taggart he, he was just, he was a head coach. He, he just, just did, he just did bad, very bad. I guess Brian McClendon. Damn, they went. From 2016 to, to 2022, they went through, like, five coaches. Yeah, well, Brian was a uh, interim for whenever Mario Cristobal left. I think that gotcha. was just the bowl game. That's yeah. like one. Oh, okay. One and one or something like that. Gotcha. Um, so, but, yeah. And then Dan Lanning got him playing some ball. They got, he got him playing some ball. Um, anyways, you got anything else on this? It was that's just, about it. That's pretty much the only thing I took from that game is the, the what-the-fuck game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last game I want to talk about is the USC versus Arizona game. Three overtimes. This is a little too close for comfort if you're USC. I think USC and LSU are structured the exact same way. I agree. <laughs> awesome quarterback, awesome high-flying offense, no defense. Absolutely none. But I just, yeah. I Caleb Williams, like, he didn't throw very well this game, but he had three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know who to think. For Heisman, like, cause he's just like I want to say Caleb Williams, but like right now I just I can't I can't get over Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr. Um, he's got Penix has a he he hasn't thrown for less than three hundred yards in any game this season. I think you're ignorant if you actually just say Caleb Williams. I I think there actually True. needs to be an argument. Like I think people were just saying, oh yeah, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback. He's gonna be number one. But if you're actually breaking down this season, I think you're being ignorant if you don't actually play into effect all the other quarterbacks. Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, you D- know, Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel now, like even yeah, um, and even like even uh oh god, why am I blanking on the North Carolina guy, Marcus May. North Carolina guy, Drake May. Drake May, that's it. Marcus May was, uh, oh god, he safety. was on the he safety for the uh, Saints. Yeah, yep, he is a safety for the Saints. What am I thinking of? I thought of a uh, North Carolina basketball player, Sean May. Oh uh, yeah, Sean yeah, May. Yeah. That was oh shit, that was way back in the mid two thousands. Dating myself there, <laughs> Sean May. Anyways, um, but yeah, Penix, dude, he he. He hasn't had a game under 300 yards passing. He's had three of the three of his five uh, games. He's had 400 plus yard passing. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's on he's on a tear. He's awesome. He's yeah. he's he's like I don't know. I would like to have him as my quarterback, but we he, got a pretty good. Uh, we quarterback. got a pretty good one. Um, I see. That's pretty much all I had. I think it was just a little too close for comfort for USC. Like if they if they get in a shootout and can't hang in, in place play like a decent defense. I think USC might be in trouble. Yeah, this one this one went into overtime, so I don't three. know. If, yeah, it went to three overtimes. I don't know if you saw what caused it go into overtime, which was a pretty bizarre play, but they actually had a high snap on the field goal, so USC had a chance to kick it, kick a field goal to go or to win it mm-hmm. before overtime in regulation. They had a high snap, the kick the. So the kicker got to the ball before the holder could really get the ball down. Mm-hmm. And he does like a pump kick and then tried to kick it again. And it really just did not go over the offensive line. <laughs> so like that was pretty crazy because uh, I was trying to see if it got blocked or anything. But it was just he, he lost all momentum because right. he did like that pump kick because he got there too at, fast. At that point, just just try and run it. Just, yeah, I just, think that's what you got to do. Just the whoever's holding it, just toss it to the kicker and run. Unless you, unless there's too many people around, then you don't want them to take the ball, like get a fumble or something like that, and take it to the house. So you do have to kind of take, you do have to keep that in mind. Yeah, almost you almost or do like a rugby thing and just have the holder just basically run it and then until he's getting tackled and then pitch it off like a you know. <laughs> You're gonna do that with your kicker. 
Sure. Your best, if you your just best practice, athletes on the field. You're just pra- you just practice it a couple of times. It's just throwing the ball. It's just pitching the ball like three to five yards. Yeah, well, I mean, what are kickers and punters doing in practice anyways? Exactly. They can, it can't they be can that add, hard. They can add that into it. Anyways, you got anything else on that game? That's it. All right, let's get through the NFL. Uh, Saints-Patriots. I'm not going to take anything away from this game because the Pat- the Patriots are really, really bad. Mac Jones is terrible. Uh, Bailey Zappi's terrible. Uh, they're all, I'm not getting fooled by this one. That's it. I'm not getting fooled. I know, like, I normally I would just be like, Saints are back. Normally I'd be like, Saints are back. I'm not getting fooled. I just like the fact that the Saints were the team that caused Bill Belichick to be like, hey, it's time to start over. Like, I'm just going to start over. Well, if you look, like, especially, like, the Saints have had Bill Belichick's number. Um, if you look, like, during the whole Tom Brady era, it look it, the Saints the Saints have I think have a winning record against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Um, they they have just had their number. I don't know what it is about them. I think I don't know if it was Drew Brees, if it was Sean Payton, if it was just this, the Saints voodoo or what. They just I think the Saints defense always got up for Tom Brady too. Yeah, 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 and that um, continued whenever he went to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had their we had his number at uh, when he was at Tampa too. Uh, Saints defense is awesome. They're still really good. They're awesome. I uh, I don't know. I like it. I said I just I just went away from this game being happy because we won. We blew them out. But I just I don't know. I couldn't really get too too excited about it. I think the offense did a little bit more. I think he just did enough just to actually get people off his back. I'm talking about Pete Carmichael because mm-hmm. we actually did call a halfback screen. Dude, so let they listened to us. Yeah, they Look did. At that. They actually did listen to our podcast. So, <clears throat> but at the same time, like, it, I don't know. There's, it's still, it's still bland. I think the offense is just being solely propelled by the talent that we have because we just, I think we got great talent on our offense. Mm-hmm. And Camara's uh, doing well. But yeah, so if we three but, stud wide receivers, yeah. Yeah, uh, Alave, uh, Michael Thomas, and uh, Shahid. I think Shahid plays perfectly as a deep threat. Mm-hmm. You got to have a deep threat. Yeah, so. that's all I really had on this game. I didn't really take too much from it. Like I, I, the Patriots are bad. The Saints, they 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 look competent, which is nice. Yeah, and the Patriots have more problems than Mac Jones. Yes, they have just a lot Mac. of problems. Yeah, I mean Judon's been out. Judon got hurt like either last week or the week before, so that's. That's tough when your best player on your defense goes out, but yeah, they uh, this is like kind of tear it all down to the foundation and build it back up type thing. Start over. Yep, I think he, I think Bill Belichick thought he could just get a uh, like a, well, I guess Mac Jones and just kind of build around him. Nah, he needs to he needs to just strip it all down. He needs he needs a late sixth round, seventh round quarterback. Yeah, yep. he, he's probably looking at San Fran as being like. Mm. I want that quarterback. I want that guy. I want that. I want that seventh rounder, <laughs> Mister Irrelevant. That's a cool story. We'll get to that game. Um, but you got anything else on the Saints Patriots? That's about it. All right, Jags versus Bills. Uh, the Jaguars confuse me. <laughs> They're the most confusing team in the NFL right now. Um, just going back and forth. I don't know what to think about them. Are they good? Are they bad? Like. I, I get they were probably a little bit overrated and overhyped go, starting this season, but, like, I have no idea anymore. The Bills looked unstoppable last week. Bills looked unstoppable, and then they just got stopped. Was yeah. it too early or something? I, I think they don't like London. They they're don't not like big, London. They're not a big London London fan. Because the Jags were in London last week, right? Yes. So they probably just stayed over there. I, maybe they had home field advantage, technically. They, I guess they did, yes. They had home field advantage. They were able to stay there, whereas, you know, Buffalo had to fly up there um, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, another thing. I know the Jags' defensive line's pretty good. In the front, actually, the front seven's pretty good. But why, why do you only have... Ten total rushes by running backs by anyone named not jo- not named Josh Allen. There was only ten. Ten okay. rushes, yeah, by the running backs. Now Josh Allen had his his fair share of runs, but ten rushes. You call ten running plays with your running backs? That's it. Like, is James Cook really really not good, or is he hurt or something, or what? What's maybe Josh Allen's just calling audibles out of it. Like the offense coordinator's like, stop audible out of it. And Josh Allen's like, I can do this by myself. 
I guess so. Because, I mean, Josh Allen looks awesome. He was great quarterback-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't on him. But you got to have a balance. Yeah, got to have balance. And here's the thing. I think both teams are really are really good. They're just weird. Both, both these teams are weird. They're weird teams. Yeah, I don't know what to think. Yeah. No idea. Uh, you got anything else? Um... I, I want to talk about the Jags' strategy going for two on the when they score first. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I think that. this is actually coming in kind of a common theme. And it's actually, I think, it's a good strategy. So basically, you either play in catch up or, you play, or the other team's playing catch up. So if mm-hmm. you get that first. Um, if you get that first two-point conversion, because there's really no pressure with it. Because if you if you don't get it, then you just have to get another two-point conversion later on in the game. But if you get it, then the other team has to get another uh, two-point conversion later on. Because typically, like the Buffalo Bills did on this one, you kick that field goal. Right. You kick that field goal, you're just like, I'm not going to try to catch, uh, do a two-point conversion not, to keep up with you right now. Not yet, yeah. Or because if they do, they have a chance of going down by two instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I like it. Start it off, you know, going. I think there's there's no wrong you can really do. I mean, it's what it's what Missouri did against LSU yep. when they scored first. So Analytics I, guys. Yep, analytics guys. Um, but, yeah, uh, so Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. Texans versus Falcons. I'm not going to lie, Joe. I'm a little worried about the Falcons. Like, I'm start like, he, he Ritter, their, their defense is good, and – I think Ritter's Ritter looked competent. He looked he looked like a decent quarterback. I, as weird as I'm say, as weird as that is to say, I, I like. I did they? I don't know. They used Kyle Pitts too. Like I'm starting to get like I had them. I had them as two wins during this season. I had them as as a checkmark win, checkmark win, two easy ones. Now I don't know. Let me say a stat real quick. So, Texans are the. Falcons are actually three and home, uh, three three and zero at home, and zero and two at uh, away. Okay, it's basically can uh, Ritter only plays good at at home. So maybe we can check this up to be a one and one now instead of a two and zero series. Well, here's the thing, I think Ritter might just do well. I think he might just do well in domes. I got we got to see what the uh, other the lot where the losses are if they're outside or not. He could just be a dome guy. Well, I thought he lost to the Lions. Yeah, but that that could mean. That don't could, they have the retractable roof, or is that a dome? I'm pretty sure it's just a dome. It's just a but, dome. Okay, but it could have a, a tractable roof. Well, well, I'll take a look and see. Um, honestly, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little low key worried about the Texans. We play the Texans next week. Mm. I'm I'm a little low key worried about that. I I don't know. I mean, they they're they're frisky. D'Amico Ryan's has them playing some decent ball. I don't like it. Um, but, yeah, I, can't, I still can't believe they used fucking Kyle Pitts. Yeah, right? That was wild. I know. And, honestly, every every fantasy guru that I'd seen leading up to that week was all saying, get rid of Kyle Pitts. Yep. And, sure enough, that's it's just how it's how fantasy works. It's how football works, I think. Yeah. That's just how be, being a fan of football team works. Um, yeah. Both of these teams, I, I'm a little worried about now because Saints play the Texans next week, and then we play Atlanta down the road. But yeah, can we state how nobody rejoices more uh, than a defensive-minded head coach after a turnover? Yeah, oh yeah, they love it. Yeah, there's nothing that gets more pumped up than a defensive-minded coach after uh, after a turnover on defense. Not, not even, not even a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You got anything else? That's it. All right. Falcons beat Texans. I'm worried. Uh. Next game. Ravens versus Steelers. That game is the most ideal AFC North football game you could ever come up with. Mm-hmm. That was prime Steelers-Ravens football. I mean, hell, I would venture off to say AFC North divisional, well, that, yeah, divisional that, game. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. It was, it's just a, it's AFC North football. It's beautiful. It's a great thing. And I, I just so happened to be in Pittsburgh – for this game. Nice. And holy fuck, I forgot how, how awesome Pittsburgh is as a sports town. Yeah. Those sports fans love Pittsburgh Steelers. They love the Pens. And you know what? They'll even they'll, they'll root for the Pirates even though they're just they're sick of them. Yeah. But they love the Steelers, man. It was awesome, dude. TJ Watt is a fucking menace, dude. Mm-hmm. Anything you any any pick your highlight. 
Pick your highlight. And he had he was he was disrupting every single play. Yeah. Almost every single play he was disrupting, which they don't have on the stat book. But hell, you have the scoop and score fumble. You have the block the the block pass. Like he was just everywhere. T.J. Watt was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. No, he was, and I feel like that's a common theme when it comes to AFC North matchups. They just, he's just always there, and like, and, and for big plays. But can we just mention like how these games just like if you're actually wanting to watch an NFL game for an offensive performance, you do not turn on an AFC North game. No, you do not turn on an AFC Divisional North game. You basically are watching this game for any anything and everything but offense. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, we had those special teams plays. Um, Block punt. Yeah, I think there was like, um, well, Ravens had like seven drops. That was uh, stuff, but or just funny stuff. Uh, block punt. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was pretty crazy. It was awesome. I loved it, dude. The steel. We were at this one bar. It's called Mike's Beer Bar, and. The, the whole crowd was just going fucking absolutely berserk. Mm-hmm. And then it's great when the Steelers win like that because we went out in the town and everyone was just in a great mood. Yeah. It was awesome. There were, there were Steelers fans that were just absolutely hammered by 4 o'clock. Yeah. It was, they were like 4 or 5 o'clock, they were just absolutely annihilated. It was great. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, what Last thing I wanted to say, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I think Loki. Or, yeah, low-key Lamar Jackson kind of sucks. He fumbles every game. He was struggling. It, it, made, it made it worse that he his headband, headband was even struggling even more to stay on top of his head during yeah. the game. Oh, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, but he was, yeah, he struggled. It doesn't help that you had seven drops from your wide receivers, including one by Bateman that should have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, he was he definitely has been struggling a little bit. I. I don't know. I wonder if this gives Greg Norman a little bit of uh, some credit for what he did as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Because he kind of sh- got shit on for, you know, Lamar Jackson. But it's not like Lamar Jackson's being, like, an absolute superstar this year. He, and honestly, the la- the second half of last year, I remember he just wasn't putting up the, a lot of passing yards. He was doing a lot of running. And I I think now that you got the bat, now that he got the bag, he does a lot less running. Like, he just – he. Uh, he he wants to stay healthy because he knows he's got money. Well, and it's also a part of the offensive system of their new offensive coordinator. Um, so <clears throat> that they brought in. That's he's a guy that came over from Georgia. Um, I'm trying to think of his name real quick, but Todd Monken. Todd Monken was the one that they brought in, and he pro- he plays a little bit more of a passing style than than what, like I said, Greg Roman kind of tried to cater to. Lamar Jackson's strength, which is why we saw him run so much. But um, well, then why did the Ravens, as an organization, bring him in? That doesn't make any sense. I guess they wanted to try and get Lamar to become a, more of a passing quarterback, so yes. that they can keep him healthy. He's mm-hmm. not. He's he's not. He, the reason he got so good was because of his legs, and his legs is what made defenses have to uh, be honest. And he was able to get like a thousand yards to Mark Andrews. Yeah. But it's it's hard to run against that Steelers defense, especially with T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt might be my favorite player in the in the NFL right now. Okay, like behind Alvin Kamara. Nice. I think it's Alvin Kamara and, and T.J. Watt. Okay, it's awesome. Can we can we talk about because I know this is getting getting pretty big, but the Matt Canada reaction to that last play. Yo, that was wild, man. He did not celebrate at all. Yeah, like like. I, I, like, I want you to share what you think about that, but, bro, that was to win the fucking game. I know. So the last play that won the uh, basically the touchdown grab by Pickin, George Pickens. Who from, was a fucking monster. From that. Kenny Pickett. Basically, what happened during the play was that Kenny Pickett read that there was a zero coverage blitz, which basically is all the safeties and linebackers are all coming in basically and you only have cornerbacks playing man on everybody. So he audibled out of Matt Canada's original plan um, play. We don't know what it is, maybe some jet sweep, ISO, uh, you know, probably, ISO run, probably a jet sweep. Yeah. So basically when that play was happening, there's actually a camera that was in the booth that actually saw the reactions of all the coordinators and assistants whenever they um, their celebration. And Matt Canada had a stone cold face. 
The only time he actually started celebrating was actually when one of the assistants actually tapped him over to remind him that he was on television. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, Kenny Pickett is actively doing his part to try to get Matt Canada fired. Yeah. So, you can hang your hat on that, Steelers fans, as well as, you know, George Pickens is amazing. And... Everyone knows Matt Canada sucks. The ever like even the even within the Steelers organization, they they all know. So they, it's only a matter of time now because mm-hmm. it's always a matter of time with the Roonies because they always keep, hold on to shit that they don't that they should way longer than they shouldn't. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think the clock's ticking. It should have been done a long time ago, but. As LSU fans, we we know you're paying. Yes, because we we previously had Matt Canada quite a few years few years back. So yeah, and, and we know about th- a thing or two about holding on to shit that isn't working yep. with, with like less miles. Exactly, held on to less miles way too long. Uh, but you got anything else in this game? That's about it. I love the I love AFC North football. Mm-hmm. Love AFC North football. Uh, speaking of another AFC North game uh, team, Bengals versus Cardinals. Dude, the Bengals are good. The Bengals are fucking good. They want they've been to the AFC Championship game the last 2 years and they were they were in a Super Bowl. Like they're good. I don't know why I don't know why all this hate uh like towards the 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 Bengals last like throughout the offseason. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's it's overreaction, but uh can we can we can we go through the lie detector? Cause um, I put the the through the lie detector. I'm o- I'm open. I'm always fucking open. And there was no lies detected. No, none. No lies detected. None. I mean, I tell you, like to have. That's the exact performance that you have to have after saying a statement like that, dude. You he backed it. He couldn't have backed it up better. He had 15 catches. And I actually was watching some of those passes. Joe Burrow threw it into double coverage. I mean, he should have not, as a quarterback, he should have not been throwing that ball to Jamar Chase, but he still did, and he caught it. I And here's the thing. I think that was the best way that that could have ended up for both of them because now mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is like, okay, he heard me. He He's helping me out, or he's he's throwing the ball to me, and Joe Burrow's like, okay, you're Jamar Chase. You're going to catch the fucking ball. No, regardless, I just need to get it to you. You're my number one playmaker. Yes. So, like, that, that was like they they basically had a bro moment on the football field. Yes. It was it, it was awesome. Like, he had, I mean, we're, we're obviously big Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase guys, but that, that, that connection's amazing. Mm-hmm. Always open. Just keep chucking them the ball. Whoever has Jamar Chase in fantasy now is just going to be just – it's he's going to go off every week. I, I just would love to know the people that – gave up on Jamar Chase and traded him already and what their feelings are. I would like to interview those people. Well, in one of my leagues, that is that is exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Jeez. I know, I know it's happened. I know it has to happen in quite a few leagues. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Bengals are fine. Bengals are fine. Cardinals are, are not They're not terrible, but they're just not good. I, I, I was going to give a props to Arizona. I was going to give a props to Arizona because – Given what we saw videos from the offseason and their practice, training camp practices, they're actually are playing some good ball. They're exceeding their ex- the expectations. They're playing some feisty ball, which is basically what you have to do if you're Jonathan Gannon. You, if you're an Arizona fan, a Cardinals fan, you just want to see some fight in these guys because you know there's no talent on this team whatsoever. So if they can just at least respond well to that means Jonathan Gannon's doing a good job. There's promising future. Yeah, dude. I like, and in the video came out of him just like with the pew pew, you got fire in your like he couldn't hype me up to have sex. Like no, I like the fact that they're playing with a little bit of fire means, in their gut. Yeah, in their gut. <laughs> <laughs> means that I, I guess he uh, maybe he's just camera shy, which it, is bad because you're a fucking NFL head. Coach, some but. some people are just not made for the camera, and yeah. that's yeah. probably him. I guess so. Uh, you got anything else in this? That's about it. All right. Um, real quick, these the, the next game, Jets versus Broncos. The only reason I had this one on there is because it's a bad look for Peyton. It's a bad look for Sean Peyton. Yep, the Wilson versus Wilson game. Yeah. Um, lost, it lost a lot of its preseason hype. It did. It did. It actually gained some different a different type of preseason or different type of hype in the sense both of them suck. So yeah. now it's just like a, a rotten bowl. Russell Wilson sucks. Yeah, I mean he's he, 
he's doing actually a little bit better. He, I know he, he did I last know he, year. I know he's he competent. Has, I know he has a. Uh, he's. I think he's top ten in in passing yards. Like I, I, I just don't think he's good. Um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually pretty sure he's he's like top ten in in passing yards. Um, he's he stopped kissing no, babies. No. Let's put it never that way. Mi- never mind. I was I was totally wrong about that. Um, I. Th- yeah, no, he's not even close. Uh, oh no, 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 he's up there. Okay, he's 12th. yeah, he's twelfth. But I think before this week he was top ten. I think it, I thought I saw that somewhere. But um, can we talk about C.J. Stroud being the number three, number three quarterback? Yeah, as, as far as passing yards go, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and Brock Purdy is number eight. Wild, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, not a great look for Peyton. That's all I got for this one. Yeah, I, I was gonna say um, this was. Beautiful, beautiful weather game. 72, clear skies. I think a lot of people didn't want to play on this game. in this game. There was like two month punts, uh, six fumbles. They were probably distracted by the weather. Okay. That's what we'll – okay. They, they would rather – they were thinking about being on a beach. Yeah. They probably had a Jimmy Buffett song going on in their head. I mean, the punt returners, when they're looking up at the sky, they're like, man, what would what would it be like just to enjoy this day? Next thing you know, the ball just, you know, muffs out. I like that. <laughs> all right. We'll blame that on the weather, but in a different way. Right. Spin zone. Um, all right. Let's go Cowboys 49ers. Dude, the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. They're going to win. That's not That's not that crazy of a take. Did you put a future on it? I'm, a, I'm, probably, I'm probably going to. Okay. And then that'll destroy their chances. But but as of right now, before I put a future on them, the, the fucking 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Well, they're out for a vengeance because I think they, got, they feel – Feel like they got robbed last year because of the injuries. Yeah, I mean they had a really good year last year, year too. So like if they basically their thought process was if we had a quarterback we would have won. Mm-hmm. Like and if we had a standing quarterback, not even just a competent <laughs> yeah like a standing <laughs> <Yes>. quarterback, <laughs> just anyone who could call hut, hut yeah. hike. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know how you feel if you're a Cowboys fan because like I think the the 49ers just that good. So I don't think you're terrible, but you're definitely not winning the Super Bowl. And you probably might not even win a playoff game. It's just the problem is is there's a reoccurring theme with Dak Prescott is that he's good when competition's low and then he's bad when competition's high. Mm-hmm. So he keep he keeps continually gets you to like the playoffs and keeps getting you like these ten and four seasons. And he'll look good doing most of those games. Exactly. During most of those games. So it's like what I mean, what do you? It's I don't know. It's a tough decision, honestly. Uh, you know what my theory is? What you know what my theory is? So basically, they're putting everything on Mike McCarthy right now. I wonder if Jerry Jones is wanting to put him as the scapegoat, and maybe has some intentions on doing a little Sean Payton trade. Ooh. Because I know he kind of missed out on him by hiring McCarthy. Hiring McCarthy, yeah, that's correct. Because I know Sean Payton has history there, and he did want to go there. He did want to go to Dallas. And if things aren't work, really working out with uh, Denver, you know, and the season keeps going the way it is, they might want to mutually split in at, as well and maybe do a little trade with Dallas. So he's just, oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, so he's just waiting on – Jerry's just waiting on his opportunity to pounce. Yeah, so he's – because honest, because uh, basically Brian Schottemeyer, they were talking about rumors of him taking over the offense, but Jerry Jones was like, "Nope, Mike McCarthy's still taking the offense. Maybe he wants him uh, to fall on the sword." That is true. That Falling is true. on the sword. This That's is my conspiracy theory right now. Mm-hmm. This is a little uh, hot, hot conspiracy take. I like it. I like it. Uh, it'll. I'll think about it a little more. Let it blossom in my brain hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, cow Cowboys, maybe some problems. 49ers going to win the Super Bowl. Anything else? Dak is ass. Dak is ass. <laughs> Dak, is, Dak is definitely not good. He's not good. He's not very good at quarterback. But anyways, uh, let's get to, let's wrap up the show with uh, some MLB playoffs. Uh, Arizona's kind of a surprise. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Um, I don't really know too much about baseball, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. Um, I thought that they were going to beat the Dodgers, but uh, I guess, uh, um, Clayton, you know, typical playoff Clayton Kershaw showed up and lost them the first game for sure. 
Yeah. He's he saw he he's so bad in the playoffs. I don't understand how either. Eleven to two. That's yeah. That's yeah, not a he great. Get, he gave up six. He gave up six runs in the first inning, like before the second out. That's demoralizing. It's it's terrible. Um, yeah, he's so bad in the playoffs. I think Baltimore might be a fluke. Yeah, I see that. I see that. That's... Te- Texas is beating them six one right now in the top of the fifth. Ooh, so, might, it might end that. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't really. I didn't really like the the owner. He there was a story in the mid mid season where the owner like suspended one of the announcers because he brought oh, up yeah. he brought up those uh, the negative stats and mm-hmm. so he suspended them. So now I kind of hate the the Orioles. Oh, you have to. You have yeah. to. Because fu- so fuck that owner. So yeah, I'm kind of glad. Let's go Rangers. Um, and I still think. At uh, I think Atlanta the Braves will win it all. I still do, even though they lost to Philly. Um, I still think they'll win it. I've all. heard Philly's a feisty team, so that, and plus they've got experience. True, they were in the so, World Series last year. So, so yeah, so uh, anytime you have somebody a team like that, you can't count them out. Mm-hmm. I agree. You got anything on baseball? Uh that's about it. Yeah, I didn't really have much either. Uh, last thing I have is uh, NHL season starts. Uh, Kucherov scores the first goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That game was wild. We were watching it before we came in here. Um, they had five goals scored in the first 11 minutes of the third period. Yeah. Wild. Unbelievable. They had penalties after penalties. They had shots on goal, shots on goal everywhere. It was it was an awesome fucking matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got – I'm pumped for the Pens. I think this is one of the – this is a year where, like, I think it's – it feels like – the last year they that the Pens have to get Crosby another ring. Championship window is closing. I think this is the last season they got. Um, uh, they play uh, Connor Bedard and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Connor Bedard hype, very real, the, very the, big. The hype train. That's what that's what he needs to be called. Um, oh look, it's mid mid second period. Pens are up one nothing. Um, the Blackhawks aren't very good. They, they weren't very good last year, and I don't know if Connor Bedard is going to be able to turn it around by himself. He's 18 fucking years old, and he looks like a child. He does look like a he child. Is, he is very good. I saw, I've, I've seen like highlights of him. I've been watching him. He's he's very, very good, but I just I just don't know if an 18-year-old can carry an, an entire NHL team. But he is, a, he is something that they can get excited about. Yeah, and um, ESPN is definitely... T- taken it and f- uh, f- fully ran with it, especially now that they have gotten the rights over the uh, the NHL. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is their mar- darling. This is their uh, this is their LeBron James right now. Yeah, rightfully rightfully so. I mean, he's earned it, but um, but yeah, it's exciting. It'll the be hype, exciting. The see. hype trains are so real with these fucking these new guys, these new eighteen year olds. Yep. Um, and the way it's looking, Connor or uh, I'm sorry, Sidney Crosby is still kicking ass. Um. Haven't been able to watch this. I'm, I'm gonna finish watching the third period after we get done. But yeah, apparently he's still kick, kicking ass. So hopefully we can get him another ring this year. Go Pens. Go Pens. You got anything else? I think that wraps it up. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Love y'all. Later.